You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church. My name is Ryan Chase, and I'm joined today by Matt Grun and Mark Christensen. And this is our Monday episode when we're talking about the passage of Scripture that we preached yesterday. Uh, we call these episodes Hear and Obey because that's the rhythm that we encourage all of our discipleship huddles to practice. And if you're not in a discipleship huddle or you'd like to know more about that, reach out to uh, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road and we'd love to get you connected. Um, this rhythm of hearing and obeying God's word, that, that's how we live. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And uh, we are to be not just hearers of the word, but doers also. And um, we're in the Ten Commandments and these are meant to be lived out by God's grace. They convict us of our sin where we fall short of the glory of God. And then in Christ, we're united to the one who has fulfilled the law. And Mm. we experience from him his own power and presence and grace to help us as his grace that saves us is also the same grace that trains us to put off worldly passions and ungodliness and live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age as Titus 2, 11 and 12 says. So today we are in Exodus 20 still. Working through the Ten Commandments, <laughs> the Sixth Commandment. I, I'm going to just recite this one from memory. Hey. Exodus 20, verse 13, <laughs> you shall not murder. No, you shouldn't. That's that's the whole verse. <laughs> In Hebrew, it's two words, uh, most literally, not murder, is the, starts with the, the negation, not, mm. not murder. Um, what a, what a passage. I think I mentioned this yesterday. Maybe the shortest passage I've preach. So very different when you're, <laughs> you know, usually the process looks like kind of outlining the, the logic of the text and seeing the relationship between all the different clauses in the sentences mm-hmm. and, you know, paragraphs and whatever. Um, there it is, not murder. <laughs> I heard somebody say um, Calvin Coolidge, the president, was <laughs> known to be a, a man of few words. And one day he came back from church and his wife had not gone with him. And she asked what the preacher talked about. And he said, sin. And she said, what did he say about it? And he said, he was against it. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought about that going into this, this sermon, uh, you know, what, what are you going to say about murder? Um, big surprise. We are against it. God's against it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and yet it, it's one of those, it opens up to us a whole realm of things. Mm -hmm. God's word has a lot as it turns out, a lot to say about this topic. So um, I spent a lot of time last week in in the Word, studying these things and reflecting on them and being convicted myself. And um, But looking forward to just hearing from you guys. What do you, mm. you get out of this? Uh, how's God speaking to you? And I think most of all, where we want to land is just how does this affect us yeah. in yeah. our everyday lives? Yeah, so just like when we come to any other word, um, we're always looking, how do I obey this word from God? I think you asked close to the beginning of your sermon, how do we keep the sixth commandment? Mm. Which is a good question to ask a group of people who probably haven't murdered anyone yeah. physically. Um, and so, but even for us to consider, there is still a way that we need to keep this commandment other than not shooting someone or right. running someone over with our truck. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the running theme as we've walked through the Ten Commandments has been what seems so simple up front. Um, once you put it on the ground and, and actually run it for a little bit, you recognize, oh, this is way bigger than, than I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, and it 
the sixth commandment, even though, yes, if we take it just on face value, you shall not intentionally kill somebody. Um, okay, well, I haven't done that. But then, as you guys were just saying, the way, Ryan, that you unpacked it, and I think the way that the word itself, the the entirety of the scriptures, because you said only two words in Hebrew, but yet we have the whole counsel of God to pull from, and it's right. all consistent, all shows that this actually pins each of us down. Mm. There's no ex- escaping out from under this law. Mm. Um, we're all pinned down by the reality that I... If, if if we take Jesus at his word when he says, you have heard it said, you shall not murder, but I say to you, anybody who's killed any, or been angry enough with his brother has murdered him already in his heart. If that's true of all of us, like mm. Jesus just takes it and <laughs> pushes yeah. it right through our external claims to, I haven't shot anybody to, well, have you ever been angry at someone? Mm. Um, that coupled with the reality that you, you set up in your intro of like, have you ever been sinned against? Mm. And I think the reality is yes. Mm. And the response almost intuitively out of all of us is anger yeah frustration annoyance bitterness mm-hmm. um, is the long-term effect of that so there there's just no getting out from under like you said we might be able to get to the six and be like oh finally something that i can say i have not done yes. and then jesus just pins us right. back mm-hmm. down and that is the word functioning that's the sharp sword of the word that mm-hmm. even something as obvious and I love how we talked about, you talked about how, well, it's not as obvious as we might think. Something as obvious as I have not murdered someone could pin me down and, and mm-hmm. divide me all the way down to the marrow. Yeah. yeah. Our scorecards aren't looking good so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for six now. Yeah. Son of a yeah. Guy. Yeah. Every, every one of the commandments, both the letter and the, the spirit mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, like you're saying there, um, it, it's so fast goes from the one that, I feel pretty good about right. I think I've kept to I break this all the time <laughs> and and everybody I mean I think that's that's the thing about um, this issue that's so universal and I, I made this point yesterday that you know I, I can say confidently without knowing anything else about you I know you've yeah. you've done this <laughs> because that idea of um, what do we feel when we have been wronged whether we've actually been wronged or we just think we've been wronged, you, we live in a fallen world. So not only can we say with confidence, you have sinned, because scripture says everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. We can say with confidence, you have been sinned against because you right. grew up mm. in a family full of sinners and you <laughs> have been surrounded by human beings your whole life and they're sinners. And so we just know if you've been sinned against, you've been treated unfairly, some injustice has been committed against you, you've had this sense of indignation. And then as a sinner, we just have not responded to the sins of others against us right. in godly ways. That's right. not our, the flesh doesn't react in in godly ways, righteous anger, um, even where the anger might be justified. And so that that reality that like this is happening all the time. Right. Like I'm always presented with opportunities <laughs> to um, deal with my own flesh because mm. injustices are happening all the time, right. um, whether actual or, or imagined. So yeah. it's it's convicting. Yeah, and it's I think it's important to 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 again reiterate is that when we when we take when we go from you shall not murder and then now we're talking about anger, it's not a downgrade. Well, we're not saying, we're not reading the word and saying, well, it's not, God's word isn't as mm-hmm. bad as that. No, mm-hmm. we're saying it's actually an up, like we were actually pushing it even further into the cracks. It's yeah. not just a, it's no less than you shall not kill another person, right. but it's certainly a lot more. That's yeah. what Jesus's point is. So mm-hmm. by saying and talking, um, the internal 
the, the, the long-term effect of undealt with anger and frustration often, not often, but can lead to something like murder. Yeah. Um, but that all, like James says, that, that all starts somewhere. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. yes, we could all say we have not gotten, gotten to the way end mm-hmm. of the chain of the full grown sin that then takes its, takes its revenge by, by murdering. But there's a seed somewhere in our hearts every time that yeah. that red heat comes out. And I don't know about you guys, but and maybe this is just me. I, I think if there was one sinful emotion that I, as I as I think through my experiential, my existential life, that comes most quickly to me mm. every day <laughs> is probably anger and its other forms of mm-hmm. frustration, yeah. annoyance, which all come from, you know, there's all different. We have a lot of words for varying right. levels and degrees of it, but it's all the same cluster. Right. It's that, ugh, that, that ugh, my, my kids are one, somebody, one, somebody's screaming, somebody's yep. needs this or, you know, all the, but what it all comes down to is a, a, a focus of my need. And like you said, it's actually creating a law onto myself. Mm-hmm. All these people are, um, the people that I love the most are breaking some law of mine. Mm-hmm some unspoken law. And then I feel angry when that happens and justified in my anger and my lashing out because of Mm -hmm. the law I have set up. And that is the result as, as Galatians talks about the, the fruit of the flesh, this, Mm -hmm. this fleshliness that leads to all these crazy things. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. if I had the other, this fruit of the spirit, Mm -hmm. what will I experience? Well, self-control able to control yourselves and your, and your emotion because the law is not of me, but of God, this righteous law of God. So I just, I love those three myths that you laid out that it's, it's, it's the myth that murder is obvious. And I think mm. you're exactly right. That clearly isn't clear. Mm. Um, the myth that it's easy that mm. we all I think we've shown that. But then once we talk about that category of, wow, I really do this all the time. It mm-hmm. certainly does feel like the third myth mm-hmm. that this is impossible. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I can't, just, I can't help it. I can't help it. And I think that, you know, that you quoted that James or a Jay Adams quote of that situation is exactly right. When I can't help it, I have no self-control and it just spills out of me. Well, that situation of you're yelling at your kids and then your boss calls and you all of a sudden change your voice, change your tone, everything's fine. <laughs> that is controlling your anger. So the question isn't, can you control the anger? But yeah. why can you control it in one area and not yeah. to the people you love mm. the most? Yeah. That, that really gets to the self-control that is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. And as we've heard throughout our time in the 10 commandments, one of the functions of God's law given to us is to make known his fame, uh, in the world. It's meant to produce righteousness in us that we can, um, yeah, make others know mm. about this good God who gives good things to his children. And I can't remember who the quote was from, but, um, you had said, I think it was early in your first point, that murder usurps the authority mm. of God. And in the physical sense, only God can take life. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, we're usurping God's authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when we're setting ourselves up against a brother or a spouse or a kid, whatever it is, in anger or envy or whatever it is, we're still saying, I think, Matt, you said this earlier, you're not pleasing me. Mm. You're not living by my standard. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really sitting in the place of God. Yeah. Yeah. And hasn't the state been trying to do that all these these mm. years? I mean, then we show our we show that murder cannot just be a civil thing mm. because if it was just a civil thing then 
well, the US, the Supreme Court ruled 1970 was it 73 mm-hmm. that abortion is legal and can there's you cannot make a law that prohibits abortion. Um, well, then, well, it's the quote unquote law of the land. And if if that is true, it's just a civil thing. Then that's the highest authority. But yeah. the fact that we can say no, that law is unjust and that is wrong is because mm-hmm. we appeal to a higher authority. Right. Because the Ten Commandments, this is a this is a moral absolute claim yeah. that universal exactly applies to all people everywhere. So um, we really are still under this this function, not just oh, I live in a society that you know, murder has changed. No, that, that's not, that's not possible. Yeah. Um, and it goes to show that we just can't stop living in God's world and that he has set rules and laws. And it's actually for our flourishing. So yeah. anyway, that, that popped in my head of like, yeah, we do that. Yeah. Like in Job, Job says, um, the Lord gives, mm-hmm. the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, uh, in our society where we idolize the state yeah. it's the state gives and the state takes away blessed be the state mm-hmm. you know, the, the government grants these things but well even in um you know th- we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights yeah. among those are life the right to life that's a, a god-given right um that can't be it's not granted by the state um it's granted by God and it's to be protected by the state. And that there's a big, big difference in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man, it, it really is. Um, God is the one who determines where this all falls. Right. And I think just this idea of you shall not murder, that is all anchored in our view of God or our, what we believe to be true about God. And primarily what we hold to be true, what the Bible confesses about man what is man well the reason why we cannot take life except when god accepts it or authorizes it shows that we are only agents to be operating any sort of justice because god is a god of justice yeah so if we're going to be executing any justice in a capital sense it has to fall under god's guidelines so the question is i shall not or you cannot intentionally take life except and then, you know, there's, there's exceptions, which I don't know if you, you, Ryan, you and I used to teach ethics. We, we would mm-hmm. talk about, uh, these things and there are exceptions, right? This right. Is qualified absolutism, right? The, there yeah. are exceptions, uh, circumstances alter the cases. Mm-hmm. So the circumstances has God built into the absolute exceptions. And we, I think we would say capital murder or uh, capital punishment, yep. uh, self-defense, justified self-defense and justified war. Right. Um, that doesn't, the absolute law of God doesn't change. It's just the application of the absolute yeah. law to the altering circumstances. Yep. So in one case, like, uh, what is it? You would probably know better than me. The, um, the thief in the night. If it's, yeah, that's two chapters later, Exodus 22. Yes. If, if, the, if there is a, a burglar in your home in the middle of the night and you don't know what's happening, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's a, somebody there and you are to strike him dead then you're not guilty of, of murder. Of yeah. murder. But if it's daylight and he comes in the middle of the day and you see him, you see he's not armed and he starts running and you chase after him and execute him, mm-hmm. then you are liable. So what, what's the alternating circumstance? What changed? Well, daylight. You could see, you know, in the dark, you have no idea what, yeah. what's happening. Especially in the ancient world where there's no electricity, exactly. no flashlights, streetlights, so burglar the, alarms. The law didn't change. Right. It's the application of that law to different circumstances. So yeah. all that to say is God is the one who is 
is setting these standards. And yep. when we act outside of that, we are usurping his authority yeah. and claiming to be just on our own. And we, we might actually be, you know, it might be righteous. It might be a, yeah. uh, but I think what often comes up is this feeling of that's not fair that Absolutely. they're going to get away with it. They're mm-hmm. the, you, you see these, um, you know, these ho- horrible criminals go through the justice system and just get spat out a few months later and slap on the wrist. Um, actually Jamie and I were just in, in Utah and we were, Jamie was talking with, uh, uh, some Mormons in her, this photography thing that she was in. And w- one of their biggest frustrations was that it, it seemed like some people would get just from the church, the, you know, the big C church would get just slaps on the wrists mm-hmm. and it would just seem unfair. Um, and that was a big critique of them, of they had of the church. Mm-hmm. So we have this innate sense of justice and we have this sense of wanting to take it into our own hands and see that justice is meted out. Mm. Um, but what we are doing is is taking it rightly or wrongly out of God's right hands yeah. and executing our own vengeance. And that's what's so powerful that verse where, where God declares vengeance is mine. And that's mm. really our hope is that yeah. God will not let anything go unpunished. Mm-hmm. It, do we believe that, right? Mm-hmm. Because he will mete out all justice, whether yeah. in this life or the next. And that kind of puts the sword back in the right hands. Yeah, it, it is amazing in Romans 12 where Paul says that brothers never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. He, he doesn't say, um, you know, it, it's wrong to be bothered by this sin mm. or, you know, the, the sin doesn't deserve wrath. He, he says, leave it to the wrath of God. Mm. <laughs> it's not, it's not yours to give out. It is significant there. I think that Paul continues. We have a chapter break in our English Bibles that it goes oh, yeah. from chapter 12 to chapters 13. So oftentimes you don't read it together, but I, I think the end of Romans 12 is best read. Keep going right into mm. the beginning of Romans 13, because right after Paul says, leave it to the wrath of God, he goes on to say that the the state mm-hmm. is God's servant. The civil magistrate is God's servant or the word, word he uses is diakonos. So deacon yeah. or minister of God for your good to uh, carry out God's wrath on the evildoer. And so I, I think that's where a lot of Christians wrongly think, well, since God alone has this authority to give and take life, something like capital punishment is wrong because only God can take life. Well, yes, only God can, or those to whom he delegates that authority. Mm. And that's the very point that Paul makes in Romans 13, that God does mm. give that authority the, the, there's a, um, the, the, the state bears the sword, uh, and is God's minister to carry out wrath against right. the evildoer. And so leave it to the wrath of God is not in that context is not simply a final day judgment thing, although there will be judgment in the last day, Paul seems to have in mind there that judgment might be carried out much more swiftly even in a just society. Yeah. So we're leaving into the wrath of God. And then the other thing we're called to do in the end of Romans 12, it says not let evil overcome or don't be overcome by evil. Don't be be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm. And so that's where we turn the other cheek and Mm -hmm. We suffer for the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's how we live as Christians. But then, like you said, going into Romans 13, by God's grace or Lord willing, Mm -hmm. they're actually carrying out God's will, not their own will. Um, So, yeah, I think that's helpful that you brought out Mm. um, following straight into Romans 13. Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible that though the servant, the, the 
the minister, if you will, yeah. is unjust. Yeah. It's possible that like our society, they are multiple states are willing to murder children yeah. up until the point of birth. Um, and so I do think it's, it's right for us to call them to recognize they, they are not a law unto themselves right. and that the vengeance does belong to God. He will see that this be, this will be dealt with. Um, and so it's a, it's a, it's, it is not ours to take into our own hands, right? The sword still belongs in the proper place, but mm-hmm. especially as we as Christians and as we as pastors pr- pr- primarily have a role to say to the government, this is unjust. Mm-hmm. You answer to God and not to yourselves. And um, there are consequences to, like you were saying earlier, the the curses of the land. I, I think mm-hmm. that's exactly yeah. right. So. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, you know, one of the things that affected me the most this last week in studying this, because it's amazing, you know, we're covering a lot of ground in a lot of different directions. There's um, big picture questions about uh, abortion and euthanasia and capital punishment and self-defense. And all of those are under this banner of the the topic of murder and and killing. Um, But then Jesus applies it to our own hearts. So there's just dealing with our own anger and, and bitterness there. So it's, it's so broad. It's mm. so, um, universal. Yeah, um, it, it's easy to sit in our chair and, and have the discussion, the ethical discussion yeah. of abortion and murder and, you know, mm-hmm. t- tyrannical governments and, and yeah. so forth. Those things matter. And those things absolutely matter. Mm-hmm. But those things, like you were saying, you know, the ma- in your sermon on the Matthew seven of, if we're to judge those people by, if we're to judge the world by a certain standard, which we would say is God's standard, that applies to us in the first case. Yeah. So all of a sudden the law does the turnabout and says, well, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> you? And we say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. I'm not. <laughs> well, no, Jesus again, pins us down and says, have you been angry this morning? Yeah. Were you frustrated that you guys were late to church? Yeah. Were, you, <laughs> were you whatever that, that is an expression of that same. Yeah. Seed. Yeah. It gets at our, our own hearts. Um, and J.I. Packer's treatment of this commandment, he talks about the, how, um, in crime novels and, and television, uh, the writers make up these stories. So, th- so they are people who presumably have not committed murders, mm. <laughs> but they are thinking these things up and drawing from the real world, but also their own imagination, mm. their own creativity. And he just points out like, we all have this capacity think these things out and imagine these things. Man, and I, I hate that guy. I'm not going to kill him, but if I was going to, <laughs> yeah. here's what I, <laughs> yeah. And so like you were saying earlier, like we've all been pretty far down that path in mm. terms of anger and resentment and hatred or, you know, how, however it's described. And Proverbs talks about, you know, a fool gives full vent to his folly, yeah. but a wise man quietly holds it back. Mm. And, and that, that's convicting. It's challenging, but it's it's compelling and appealing as well. Like don't don't you want to be that kind of person who mm. knows how to quietly restrain your own anger mm. so that you can actually do something about the problem God's way. Mm. That, that's, that's that's how Jay Adams deals with the topic of of anger. That's so helpful to me. Like just acknowledging when you feel anger, there, there probably is a real problem. Yeah there might be a real injustice even that's been committed. Maybe somebody really has done something wrong. Then the question is, what does God call you to do about it? And how does God call you to do something about that? Because taking all of that energy, that uh, emotion, and 
releasing it under control to do something about the problem is actually going to produce something but like james 1 warns us the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god so just blowing up in anger venting it in an uncontrolled way is not going to fix the problem no it is guaranteed going to make it worse so how do we respond to real problems and real injustices and real sin in god's way um that requires this fruit of the spirit of self-control yeah so i'm thinking about hearing and obeying the word um, kind of with that question we started with, how do we obey mm-hmm. then the sixth commandment as, you know, men who live in Sioux Falls and have families and mm-hmm. aren't likely going to go out and kill our neighbor. Um, <laughs> but how do we do that? Uh, you had brought up at the end of your sermon, Ryan, uh, Matthew 7, um, talking about with the measure that we judge others, it will also be measured to us. Um, and you just gave the remark, doesn't that make you want to be a merciful person? Mm. I just felt myself saying yes. Like, <laughs> I, I want to, mercy. Yeah. I, want, I want mercy. I want grace to yeah. grow in forbearance and cultivating contentment. Yeah. Um, either when others wrong me or when I'm um, sinfully in my pride, mm-hmm. um, being bitter or envious or mm. so. Um, yeah, I just think just continue to ask God to cultivate my heart to grow in that grace of. Yeah. Um, forbearance and showing mercy to others. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's hopeful when you realize, okay, it is not just a matter of kind of clench your fists and willpower your way toward self-control and controlling. Yeah. (laughs) Woosa. Yeah. It it, it really is be even more amazed by the grace of God toward you. Yes. The the more fully Hmm. we reflect on his grace, enjoy his grace receive his mercy the more we are convinced that we are recipients of mercy that's what makes us merciful people when we act unmercifully we're just demonstrating we don't actually understand or in that moment remember that we ourselves have received mercy because that that the standard that you use that's how you're going to be judged when when you think about that we, we just we all want to receive mercy we want others to be patient with us and forgive us. But then we're so quick to want justice when anybody mm-hmm. wrongs us mm-hmm. to dispense justice and to just remind ourselves, wow, how has God treated me um, with kindness and with patience and with mercy and love? And uh, that's what changes our hearts. Yeah. That That's the transforming power of the gospel. That's the sure. changing motivation of mm-hmm. how good is it that God has not dealt with me that way? Yeah. He has not dealt with me and my sin in the same way that I often deal with others and their sin against me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hold a grudge. He does not sit in bitterness and stew on yeah. us, but rather in Christ, he has done away with our sin as far as the East is from mm-hmm. the West. He does not keep a record of all of our wrongs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. He has forgotten them. Um, what effect would that have in my home mm. if I did that? Yeah. If I acted in the, in the moment where I feel anger and frustration rising instead of letting that just, cause it's so, isn't it just so easy to feed that beast mm-hmm. <laughs> just to mm-hmm. pile on and pour gas on that, that yeah. this is wrong. I, I have, I am right. Yep. They are wrong. She is wrong rather than to stop in those moments. And this just requires an external source telling us that it requires God's word working mm-hmm. and his spirit applying it of, of stopping in that moment and asking myself, how would God want me to respond in this moment? Right. How, how has he responded to me when I've acted this way mm-hmm. and how can I respond in yeah. this way? And then just marvel 
at the great, because I think we often stop ourselves short in those moments. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then it won't be, and then I won't be taken care of. Then right. I won't take care of it or mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to keep happening. Um, but I think we could all talk. I think I have examples of times where I have done this and stopped and all of a sudden it works itself out yeah. <laughs> and people are respond when, when others respond to you with grace, isn't that a sweet feeling mm-hmm. of, and, and Jesus has done that. God has done that through Jesus to us yeah. for our sin against him. God, the son was murdered yeah. on the cross, the hands of sinful men. And, um, he prayed, father, forgive them. Mm. For they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to receive the grace of God in Christ who's conquered our sin, yeah. um, bore that punishment on himself, and mm-hmm. we're able to live as free men and yeah. seek to obey this law. Yeah. Yeah, I would just add you know, to anybody listening, um, we have such rich and powerful resources in Christ, in the gospel, in God's word, that if anger really has gotten control of you and you, you feel enslaved to anger in, in that kind of helpless way of like, I, I try and I can't stop mm-hmm. it. It just happens to me. Um, you know, reach out. I, I think, you know, it's worth giving some intentional a- attention to areas of anger or bitterness and resentment mm-hmm. through biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, David Paulison's book, good and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Adams has a helpful pamphlet when anger gets the upper hand uh there's some great resources and so don't let that go unaddressed yes give some intentional attention so that you can structure your life for godly change to grow in the fruit of the spirit of self-control and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faith you you take all the fruit of the spirit and you go all of these are like anti-anger yeah (laughs) every single one of them and it is possible to have this i think that's so important about that last point is like it's not impossible mm. it actually is yep. possible because of christ's work and now by virtue of union with him and because we have his spirit we are now able to walk in his That's ways it. and so when i read when you read the fruits of the spirit and you often say man that would be nice but <laughs> well no yeah it's possible yeah um so we just need to take steps empowered yeah. steps in that yeah. walk of faith. That's good. Thank you guys. So mm-hmm. much more that could be said on yes. this topic, yeah. but uh, this, this is helpful to apply it to our lives. Amen.